Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Fired Up, how to sports show in Central Ohio, the show where four sports fans talk sports for the fans. Our topics for this evening are golf's last major is finally here, the Women's World Cup from down on basketball plus trampolines, slam ball is back, baby, D-Hop finds a new home in Tennessee, the big man in the big pool, big deal, the NFL season is just around the corner previewing the NFC East Division. With that, I'll give you our Chief Fire Fire Brigade, Rob Cow. Thanks, Colton. Good to be here on a Wednesday night, live in the studio in Matt's basement in beautiful Delaware, Ohio. Uh, like Colton said, we're going to get into some golf news, but uh, before we do that, we gotta we got to pay the bills, keep the lights on, so stay tuned. We'll be right back at you with some exciting stuff. Sports betting has rapidly risen in popularity, and connect you all with an opportunity to get started or get ahead. Having multiple sportsbook accounts is the most simple way to maximize your profits, and there has never been a better time to sign up. When you visit my page, signupexpert.com slash firedup, you'll be connected to all the sportsbooks in your region, along with a review of each platform and its unique benefits. All of these sportsbooks have valuable sign-up offers for new users, and when you register through my link, you will automatically receive the top offer at each one use multiple sportsbooks, you ensure that you can always access the best available odds, which is key to successful sports betting. If you want to take advantage of these benefits and support our brand, please consider signing up for your next sportsbook at signupexpert.com slash fired up. Uh, we're going to get started with the, you know, the British Open there from Liverpool, or Royal Liverpool Golf Club, the uh, 151st British Open, the 13th time it's been here in Liverpool. Um, this course has changed uh, recently. It was a uh, unusually wet June across the pond there, and the course turned from brown to a very lush green, which is unusual for this course mm-hmm. this time of year. Um, and you know that the some comments from the CEO. I don't know if you guys were got delved into it that far, but uh, he prefers the brown course because it makes the ball makes the course harder i guess is mm-hmm. you know what it boils down to because of how far the bar the ball goes after it does land but mm-hmm. you know with it being softened up a little bit with rain you know like we said a wet june and and uh, so far in july and they're predicting more rain possibly over the weekend at this course as well so it's going to play a little shorter uh play a little softer maybe a little easier for for guys that aren't playing on a used to playing on a lake style course but uh, as always you know, at, at this course, there are going to be tight fairways mm-hmm. and, and those deep-sided bunkers that mm-hmm. you're going to have to deal with. That, you know, you, you, you just got to stay out of them because it's almost like taking a stroke penalty if you go in there. You got to either hit sideways to get out or sometimes backwards to mm-hmm. get out of it, depending mm-hmm. upon your how, line. How deep you are. Right, yeah. in one of those pot bunkers. So, uh, you know, uh, give me your guys, you know, thoughts on the on the, the course and uh, maybe some favorites going into this weekend. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, like like uh, Dad mentioned, you know, weather weather is definitely going to play a factor in this one. You know, outside of outside of Thursday, um, the uh, the highs for out throughout the week is only gets up into like the mid sixties. Uh, but chances of rain are pretty high for Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, you know, anywhere between you know kind of sixty to to ninety percent chance of rain. You know, throughout Ugh. the three days, and then the also, you know, anywhere anywhere between you know ten to twenty mile winds, you know, and it, and it seems like every day it's coming out of a different direction as hmm. well. So it's going to be yeah, interesting interesting conditions that these guys you know are going to have to traverse 
not only the, the difficult, you know, play of, you know, playing this link style course that, you know, most of the American or, you know, most of the PGA guys don't get a chance to play until they go, you know, and play in, in the British Open type deal. Uh, so it will be, you know, will be interesting to see, you know, who, who uh, you know, comes out on top, who's able to, you know, kind of traverse those, uh, you know, windy, watery conditions, um, you know, like, like then this is the 13th time that this, you know, course is hosting, hosting the open here. Um, last time was back in 2014 and Rory McIlroy, you know, took home, took home the championship during that, you know, during that time. So, you know, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, Matt, what's your, what's your thoughts on, on the course or, you know, some guys you like going into this. Yeah. You know, this is 156 man field. So a lot of people vying for the title here, obviously it'll be cut down there after the cut line, but, right. you know, plenty, plenty of, plenty of intrigue here with, you know, everybody from coming all around the world to playing. Right. Like you said, Rory won here nine years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the last big majors he's won, mm-hmm. but he's coming into this thing as the betting favorite at six to one odds, uh, followed by Scotty Scheffler also at six to one. I mean, they're both golfing hot right now, playing, playing great golf this year. Mm-hmm. I think Rory has a, a bit of the edge with, you know, have, have on this very course. Right. Yeah. So, he knows the course. He's played it well before. He can play it well again. Mm-hmm. Also got John Rahm up there towards the top at twelve to one odds, and Brooks Brooks Kepka at eighteen to one odds. So, mm-hmm. you know, obviously the the big stars are are, are the the odds on favorite right now. Right, you got right. some guys like Bryson uh, DeChambeau is a fifty to one odds mm-hmm. coming into this thing that could could make some noise mm-hmm. if he put puts together an, an, another solid tournament like this year. He seems to finally be getting his game back a little mm-hmm. bit. So. That's somebody to kind of look for as well in this one. Yeah, as a possible, you know, long shot, you know, odds there to, you know, throw some, throw some, you know, a little bit of money on or whatever to, you know, possibly get a big, big payout if he's able to, yeah, put put four days together of playing, you know, consistent golf. You know, it it will be will be interesting. I think, um, you know, we will see who who comes out on top. Like I said, I think the the golfer that plays well in in kind of these windy, you know, kind of weather conditions, I think, will be, you know, the ones that, you know, kind of make their way towards the top. And also I think uh, the guys that really do well on kind of the par fives on this course, I think there's only, there's only three par fives on the, on the course, but I think that's going to be, you know, where the guy that, you know, wins this thing or, you know, some of the golfers that are up towards the top of the leaderboard really make their, their difference in, in kind of that, that par five, you know, range. Um, But, you know, I I got, you know, a couple of guys that, you know, maybe were, on the, you know, world golf rankings. Um, you know, I like, I like Colin Morikawa who actually won the, this British open back in 2021, back in 2021. So obviously not, not at this course, but, uh, you know, has, has, you know, won a, an open championship before. So he knows how to, you know, kind of traverse those, you know, those links courses, the, the, uh, you know, English, English style courses. So, um, I like him. And like I said, he's, he's 19th currently in the world golf rankings. Um, but you know, always a guy that, Usually, you know, when it comes major time, it's usually up towards the top of the leaderboard. And then, you know, another guy that's probably a little bit lower on the, on the world golf rankings, that's uh, Corey Connors. He's currently sitting 30th in the world golf rankings. Um, but, you know, his, his finish, again, back in 2021, he tied tied for 15th. So he's been, been up there towards the top, you know, not quite a top 10 finish. So, you know, a guy that I think, you know, this course kind of plays to his his strengths and things like that. So I think you know, some kind of maybe some dark horse guys, you know, Colin Morikawa and, and Corey Connors to, you know, possibly throw some, throw some money on to, you know, do, do well at this thing uh, just because I think it plays well to their style of play. Um, but, uh, you know, of course, obviously other others I'm looking at, you know, Scotty Scheffler, just because he, he 
one of the most consistent golfers. It really doesn't matter what the conditions are, what the course is. He just plays, you know, well, no matter what the odds, no matter what, what the course looks like. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and then of course, John, John Rahm is another guy I got, you know, kind of on my, on my list here or whatever, but, uh, yeah, going to be going to be interesting. Obviously, yeah, the weather is definitely going to play going to play a factor here in, in was, this one. You know, when Rory went us back in 2014, it was similar conditions. It mm -hmm. was a soft course back in 2014. Right. As have been his four previous wins have all been on courses where the where the previous week the the course was softened up by rain. So mm -hmm. yeah. so that that plays to his style of play, being right. able to control the ball a little bit more. Mm -hmm. So yep. I, I think that maybe uh, works the edge in his favor just a little bit. I see a guy uh, currently ranked fifth in the, in the world rank, and that's Victor Hovland. Um, mm, yeah. Maybe having that. a good outing this weekend. Right. You know, his style of play, you know, plays well to a Lakes course. So, right. yeah. but uh, for me, I, I guess I got to go with Rory. I mean, okay. if I got to pick a winner mm -hmm. uh, now before, you know, before the first round even starts, um, you know, if, if I was if I was a betting man, which I am, <laughs> um, I would uh, – I would go with I would put my put my money on Rory. Not I wouldn't bet the farm, but right. If I'm gonna throw, bet some, on throw this, some money down, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's where I'm at. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it'll be it'll be interesting. Obviously, uh, you know, with the with the being across the you know across the drink there, uh, tea time is going to be you know they're going to get bright this thing you know get this thing kicked off bright and early. So yeah, you got to get your morning get your morning coffee for Americans over here. Get your get your coffee and you know get get settled in or whatever because. Yeah, turn it's gonna up, be turn into the golf channel. Right, it's gonna be uh, gonna be some early early mornings with it. Uh, you know, time change, time zone difference. So, yeah. but can't lay Scheffler about four forty seven a.m. Right, their tee off. Time. Right, exactly. So you, I don't think I'll catch that. If you want to want to watch some of your favorites there, you're gonna have to get yeah, gonna get up before the before the rooster crows there. To... I did read that uh, only two times in the history of this uh, tournament on this course that they uh, teed off at you know at one because of weather but it's something that they're they're already considering right, right um you know a possibility to try to avoid some of the heavy rain that could be coming this week mm -hmm. yeah no makes makes sense yeah. so all right we're moving on yes sir. all right well uh women's world cup uh hosted first time it's ever been hosted in uh, like co-hosted i guess you could say in australia and new zealand mm -hmm. um starts tomorrow july 20th and mm -hmm. runs through august 20th mm -hmm. with the final being sydney australia um, the, from a 24 team field to a 32 team field, just like the men do in, yep. in the, in the championship. So, you know, obviously that means four group or uh, eight groups of four, um, with the, uh, group winners and the runners up in each group advancing onto the round of 16. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, give me your thoughts, Matt. Um, what, what do you think? I mean, how do you, how, how do you think the USA is going to look coming into this and, Who's their biggest challenger? Yeah, I mean, well, Team USA obviously comes in again as, as the betting odds Heavy favorite. They, they've won, I think, the last three. So two, two, two. Last they're two trying to re going, going trying for three to here. Yeah. Yeah. First so, time ever. So, the, but the, but their team's looking quite different than it has in, in right. years past. A lot of their stars Definitely retired, moved away from the game. Yep. Uh, the kind of the big the headliners that are still on the team are players like Alex Morgan and Megan Rapinoe. Mm -hmm. They've they've been around a while, but right. a lot a lot of young guns are on mm -hmm. that that team so you know it'll be interesting to see if they can keep up that lineage and, right. and keep playing well but yeah um i mean we could uh, just run down some of these groups i've, mm -hmm. I've got them here yep. uh, so group a is new zealand is number 26 in the world norway number 12 the philippines number 46 and switzerland number 20 so that, that sounds to be a, a pretty competitive field there right. no runaway favorite in that group mm -hmm. uh, group b you got australia who's number 10 canada at number seven who is actually a 
to the USA, they're they're one of the top favorites in this thing as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. You've got Nigeria at number forty, and the the Republic of Ireland at uh, number twenty two in the world. So Australia, Canada are probably your two favorites there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it mm-hmm. seems like it would probably be the advancing. Yep. Uh, then you got Costa Rica at number thirty six, uh, Japan at number eleven, Spain at number six, who is uh, one of the top four favorites at plus seven hundred, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Zambia. Zambia. Yep. I'm not even sure where that is, to be quite honest That's with you. African, African <laughs> country. Okay. And then uh, Group D, you got China, number 14. You got Denmark, number 13. England, number four. And Haiti. And that's a tough group, 13, 14, and 4. It could really be anybody's game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Haiti's actually un- unranked in that in that grouping. So that's probably a long shot they get out of that thing, but right. the one and two could, could really go to any of those three. Mm-hmm. Uh, group E, you got the Netherlands at number nine, Portugal at 21, the USA at number one, and then Vietnam. So uh, looking at that, you're probably looking at the United States and the Netherlands coming out of that group. Uh, group F, you got Brazil at number eight, France at number five, and then Jamaica at 43 and unranked Panama. Mm-hmm. So you're probably looking Brazil and France there. Uh, group G, you got Argentina, 28, Italy, 16, South Africa, unranked, and Sweden, number three. So really, that's another one that Sweden is probably a surefire guy, but any of the other three could really turn it on and, and make it out of there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then uh, Group A, you got Colombia at 25, Germany at number two, and then unranked South Korea and unranked Morocco. So mm-hmm. it's probably Germany and, again, anybody's game of those other three to, mm-hmm. to get out of there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, be interesting to see who, you know, who advances out of that thing. Um, you know, like Dad mentioned, 30, 32 teams in this, you know, first time, you know, that usually use 24 teams. So, you know, and a, additional teams have made it, you know, get get the chance to play for, you know, play for the championship. And, uh, you know, they, they last played, you know, back in 2019 is when the last time this, you know, Women's World Cup was played. Um, and, and 20 of the 32 teams played in that, you know, played in that, you know, 2019 World Cup. So a lot of a lot of returning teams here, um, you know, yeah, Matt, you know, a lot of the a lot of the competitors to USA's, you know, three Pete there, you know, England, Sweden, you know, Germany, Spain is up there. Canada is one of the you know, one of the top teams. So, yeah, it's going to be going to be interesting to see, you know, obviously, you know, Matt, Matt mentioned it out of this group. You know, everybody plays each other in the group stage. So you play once against all the teams in your in your group um, and then the top two teams from each group, you know, move on to that, to that knockout, knockout stage. Yeah. And they uh, got, I had England coming in as kind of the uh, number two team behind mm-hmm. USA. Yeah. They're kind of limping into this thing with some serious injuries. Mm-hmm. They're, mm-hmm. they're captains out right now. Leah Williamson, uh, tore her ACL. Obviously she's done. Yep. Midfielder Fran Kirby uh, just had knee surgery okay. and forward Beth Mead uh, also with an ACL oh, tear. Wow. So, yeah. Um, you know, and these were all starters on that England team. Wow, that so, that's you know, so they may not make it out of their group. That's good. You know, yeah. obviously they're obviously still a top team, but so going to have to be some shuffling, you know, right. for the coach there to see who they want to plug those holes with. Yeah. But, uh, you know, that, that could shake things up a little bit coming in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and like, like dad mentioned, you know, going to be jointly hosted between Australia and New Zealand. Um, so, you know, the way that they kind of split that up, is actually the, the group the group play is split between New Zealand and Australia. So mm-hmm. groups uh, A, C, E, and G will play all their group play matches in New Zealand. Then uh, groups B, D, F, and H play all their group play in Australia. So 
Uh, that's how they kind of, you know, split it just because, I mean, obviously if you tried to, you know, do, you know, have the group, all the groups play in both countries, it'd just be a, a, time flying yeah, a travel, a travel yeah, nightmare. logistical nightmare. Right. So they, you know, that's how they were able to do kind of this, this jointly, you know, hosted thing, um, you know, and split, split the groups or whatever uh, into, you know, uh, countries, you know, uh, between New Zealand and Australia. Um, but, you know, maybe another, another big, you know, positive for, for this women's world cup is uh, the, the prize or, you know, the prize pool of money. Um, so the total prize pool um, is actually $110 million, which is almost four times less than what the men's is, but it's almost, it, it is $80 million more than what the 2019 pool wow. was. So back in 2019, the, the prize pool was only $30 million or now, you know, this year it's, it's 110. So, nice. um, good, good for the, good for the women. Right. So the champions, if you, you know, win this whole thing, you leave and leave home and, and, you know, go home with, with 10 and a half million dollars, you know, split between, you know, the players and, and the team and everything like that. Uh, second place gets seven and a half million. Uh, third place is 6.75 million. Fourth place is 6.25 million. Uh, fifth through eighth, we got 4.25 million. Then teams nine through 16 are 3.25 million. And basically the teams that don't make it out of the group phase, you know, the group stage or whatever, just basically showing up and, and playing, qualifying, you know, get, get 2.25 million, you know, the split between their, between the players. So, you know, again, it's nowhere near the level of what the men, you know, men bring or, you know, what the prize pool looks like for the men, but it is, up substantially or whatever from what it what it's been in years years past so obviously as the prize pool increases so does the you know individual team uh you know uh prize pool as well so it it definitely is moving moving in the right direction or headed in the right direction obviously yeah still a big big gap between the men's and men's and women's but uh you know yeah good good for them you know obviously uh getting getting a bigger prize pool and um you know obviously yeah the usa Women's comes into this thing heavy, heavy favorites, but yeah, like Matt mentioned, uh, different different team, very yeah. young team coming into this, so it's going to be uh, yeah their their first kind of big experience on the on the global stage in in front of you know tons of people. Uh, we'll see how they you know kind of kind of hold up to the to right. the pressure and you know some of the the hype, if you will. Because so. they have that veteran leadership though, and and those those two I mentioned that right. to kind of lead them along mm-hmm. and, and show them the ropes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that helps that it's yeah not completely a somewhat of a rookie team, if right. you will. Formed in the bright lights before. Right, so. right. That that always always goes a long way. So we'll yeah, we'll see. It's gonna be gonna be interesting. Like Dad said, we're getting kicked off. You know, things kicking kicked off tomorrow. Uh, I think first game, I think between Australia, I'm not sure who they who they play, but that game because of the time zone difference, I think kicks off at four in the morning. So um, hmm. you know, they get things started early, obviously, pretty much almost all the way around the world, if you will, you know, as far as the time goes. So it's uh yeah, going to be, uh, you know, going to be interesting, but, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of soccer going to be played, you know, between the women's teams here over the next, you know, month or whatever. So we shall see who comes out, you know, comes out victorious. If, you know, the U S women's team can, can three Peter, if we're, you know, talking about a different, different team that dethrones them. So going to be, going to be fun stuff. USA baby. Let's go. All right. Well, uh, we're going to get into some slam ball news. And now this is something maybe you're not familiar with before we do that though i'd like to give a shout out to the summer league champs the cleveland cavaliers went undefeated through the uh season and yeah. wound up beating the rockets and the were also undefeated at the right. time but and then the Cavs, you know pretty much ran away with that game so right right good good for cleveland yep all right so if you're not familiar with slam ball this thing kind of made its de- 
debut back in 2002, 2003 was the first time we saw like televised games. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and it's it's a four on four type of deal with yeah. with trampolines and basketball hoops and uh, <laughs> kind of a hockey style defending of the rim yes. and also uh, hockey style substitutions. Yeah. So there's not like a timeout to sub. You, you just, just kind of you kind of you know uh, switch your players in and out on the so, on the fly. <laughs> right. So you know, and this is going to be uh, it's going to kick off this weekend as well. And all the games are going to be televised either on ESPN or ESPN two. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're playing in Las Vegas. Um, so the regular season starts on Saturday. Um, eight teams with uh, Here's your team, the Griffins, the Mob, the Ozone, the Rumble, the Lava, the Slashers, the Wrath, and the Buzzsaws. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and you're not going to recognize any of these guys unless you happen to and, you know, maybe remember one of them from college if you were a college basketball fan and and not from any of your major schools, but if you were a a fan of like maybe a D2 school or something, uh, maybe that was your alma mater. Or or some relative of some sort or something like that. So you're not going to recognize the names more than likely, but um, then you know that, like I said, 2002, 2003, it kind of got it starting, and it you know it lasted a couple seasons, and then kind of made a short return, return in O. And uh, so you know we're 15 years out from being able to you know, but they said there's still a big following mm-hmm. for this. People still go back, go on YouTube, looking up highlight reels right, and right. stuff of this. So right. you know there there is some interest that's been generated by this, but. Um, like I said, the season starts Saturday and ends on August 13th with all but two of the teams moving on. So of the eight teams, six of them will move on mm-hmm. to the playoffs, right. and then the championship game will wrap up the season on uh, August 17th. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, you know, give me your give me your thoughts on this. I mean, I know this is something that – Obscure a, sport, you know. Yeah, one, right, of those, right. one of those, you know, yeah, that uh, – yeah, it's just – I don't know. I, I – a different concept, kind of a, a neat concept. Yeah. Combining, yeah. Hockey, basketball, you know, gymnastics, I guess you could throw it in there. Um, you know, so I think it's, yeah, more for, for the kind of the theatrics and stuff like that, but, uh, you know, a couple, couple other rules or whatever, uh, for the game. So games are about 20 minutes long. Uh, so each it's, uh, quarters split into four quarters, five minute, five minute quarters. So I think, you know, in today's day and age where, you know, the NBA, you know, all these major, you know, sports, uh, you know, sports uh, leagues are trying to shorten time or, you know, shorten the time that somebody has to spend in front of the TV to watch. I think that's what, you know, Slam Ball is trying to do here where they're, you know, it's a 20 minute game. You, know, intense you, action. you, you turn, yeah. you know, turn on TV, it's over before you know it right. type deal. I think that's what, you know, they're trying to draw or well, maybe separate themselves. Well, from. and here's the thing too. Have you ever tried to jump on a trampoline for five minutes straight? <laughs> yeah. It's a workout. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, these guys, they're athletes. There's no doubt about that. Right. I Absolutely. Mean, these guys are definitely athletics. So. Yeah. Yeah. And they, uh, they kind of break it down. So, you know, the, the, the three positions on the floor, um, they they have what the handler, which is like your prototypical kind of point guard type guy. So he's Running the one. The he's the guy that kind of gets the rebound and you know pushes it up the court mm-hmm. to the next position, which is your gun, which is like your primary offensive threat. So like you know that'd be prime time LeBron James, you know, trying to score every time he goes down and and, and you know jumps on the trampoline. He's trying to score every time, but then he's getting stopped by the stopper. Who's you know your primary rim rim defender? Kind that, of a slash between a 
goal protector and a and a goalie in hockey. Right. Because you know? I mean, his only goal was basically he's on he's in the paint. He's, he's camping camping in the paint. And, ready and to... there's some physical contact <laughs> yeah, going on too. Right, right. It's it's uh, not you know a, they're not calling touch fouls. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, and so kind of how the the scoring or kind of the points work. Um, so if it, two points is scored if the ball is thrown through the hoop without the offensive player touching the hoop. So it's almost like a perfect, you know, swish or whatever through the through the hoop. Then you got three points for slam dunks. Then you got you can shoot it from behind the arc for three points. But again, that that guy, you know, that's uh, you know, kind of the defender or whatever, the the stopper or whatever can, you know, can try to block your three point attempt. So, so goaltending's allowed, right, basically right. is what we're saying. So you gotta yeah. you gotta you gotta time it up right, or you know, you gotta yeah, catch catch that stopper maybe at the right time or whatever to really, you know, be able to hit hit threes per right. se. So it's it's interesting because yeah, you get the same amount of points for dunking it as you do if you, you know, hit a three pointer. So of course Hence, they want you to dunk. Right. They're they're they trying to that. promote these yeah. collisions and you know stuff like that so it's uh it's gonna be interesting and i didn't look at there's i think a ton of more rules or whatever that's in the handbook and stuff like that i didn't go into all of it or whatever but those those are kind of the basics or whatever of, of it so matt what, what do you think well, about this and as crazy and fast paced as this all sounds there are still fouls in this game right, it, right. It, so it's not you know it's not, not free like, for all right. tackle each other right, right. And, and go yeah. to town so <laughs> You know, each each player can commit three personal fouls. After that, they're ejected. They're out okay. of the game. All so, right. you know, I mean, being a twenty minute game, that, that probably plays into being okay to right, right. have just how, three fouls. Did you guys happen to see how many like players a team keeps on the roster? I know I think only four play at a time. I think it was, but, I I think it was like eight. yeah, it was like somewhere between six and eight, that, just because they like that I said sense. they can sub you know somewhat at any time. And you know, with all these collisions stuff like that, I can only imagine there's injuries hurt. throughout the season and yeah. things like that. So yeah, it definitely you're going to need some backups right. or whatever, some guys to fill in for you. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it'll be interesting to see if this thing lasts. You know, mm-hmm. kind of like the last two times right. and just kind of dies out I, I think the hardest part of this is like 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 rob said there, there's no there's no star here there's no star power that right. really brings that 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 fan in mm-hmm. that's where teams like the leagues like the big three now have lasted right and, and uh what's what's the other one uh that has the ohio state team uh like the tbt yeah the, the tbt it, right. it, it's yeah, yeah. lasted because you've got guys you've heard of and recognize right so, right you know it gets the the, the common fan more interested I, yeah i think that would be great for this if, if they could find a a, a star somewhere right. along the line that would be interested in playing this. Mm-hmm. I think that would really help expand this league mm-hmm. right, to right. get a couple of big names. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's usually all it takes. Usually when, yeah, you're doing some kind of startup league or starter, you know, something well, it all boils down to money too. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. How yeah. much money is behind this right. thing as far mm-hmm. as, you know, they're, they're sponsors not, and all that. Stuff. And, and you know, and the, and the guys that are trying to get this going, they're, not yes. expecting to make money right off right. the bat. You got to get a following. You right. got to get sponsorships. You right. got to get commercial time. You know, and I think I think the big thing, you know, uh, one of the major things, obviously, getting that TV deal with ESPN. I mean, that's that's, 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 that's huge because yeah, I mean, big. this was this was a sport that back in the day, if anybody remembers, was on the old Spike TV, mm-hmm. which yeah. I think was a pretty popular network at the time, or right. you know, whatever. But ESPN, obviously, is you know the the, the worldwide <laughs> wide leader in sports, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, so it's. You know, obviously that that's a big, you know, big, big win for them or, you know, a step in the right direction. Right. Uh, right. 
So we'll, you know, what's it, what's it cost to buy a team? Maybe we could have a uh, fired up team. Right, exactly. Yeah. Get some, get some jerseys out there, whatever. So yeah, win a little money in Vegas and buy a team. Right. Exactly. Go. Yeah. Get, get our own team out there and, you know, see, see what, see what they can do. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see, uh, you know, getting kicked It off. is fun to watch. I yes. do remember watching yeah. it back in the day yeah. and it, it is and fun to watch. It's exciting. That, yeah. That's the hard part too, though. It, too fast paced it's hard to even keep up <laughs> yeah with it's, it's, it's you sometimes. definitely it's, don't blink your eyes because yeah. the game will be over or, you right. know you'll miss some action yeah. if you blink your eye because yeah they're they're getting that ball they're going and they're trying to slam it every right. single time so it's uh yeah it it is some interesting stuff so we'll see you know see how uh you know how well it's reserved you know kind of the the third time it comes back we'll see how well it how third well it times can, the charm right how well go. it can do but uh yeah I, I'm, I'm gonna at least tune in at least oh, you know to watch a couple of games you know sports I or sports right all right, right exactly right. In, in a time i watch badminton right <laughs> right right in exactly. a time where there's kind of a lull in in sports right now yeah, that's whatever. what i was gonna say they pick the right time kind of yes. you yeah. know uh you know we're into the dog days of summer mm-hmm. when you know baseball's kind of you know all-star games Such over long, and right, we still got uh, still got a long ways to go there right so. right so nothing you know i know every game's important but you know 162 62, games yeah, so it's, it's tough you know and, and uh you know preseason's not started for football or right. college ball or so you know it, they, they they did pick the right time so right. i think there was some thought that kind of mm-hmm. went into this mm-hmm. thing a yeah bit, absolutely but. all right well we're going to take another real quick commercial break and then we're going to come back at you with some nfl news this podcast is sponsored by podbean podbean is the easiest way to create your own podcast we use podbean to host fired up download the free podbean podcast app to start record and publish your very own podcast in minutes Podbean provides everything you need to run your podcast, and you can record and publish episodes directly from the app on your phone. Download the free Podbean app today. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Head on over to Podbean at www.podbean.com and use the code PODCAST21 for your first 30 days of podcast hosting for free. Check it out. And we're back. All right. Uh, some uh, free agent news. Um, like Colton said, DeAndre Hopkins got signed by the Titans. Uh, this is a guy been in the league, uh, spent seven years in, with the Texans, three years with Arizona, five-time Pro Bowler, three-time first-team Pro Bowler. Um, you know, he's got some skills. Probably going to be the number one target, I think, in, in, for the Titans. Um, he had offer also from the Pats, but I think, what I was reading was that the Titans offered him more guaranteed money. Mm-hmm. Um, some of it with the Patriots was incentive based. Mm-hmm. Um, the numbers, the overall numbers were very similar, but uh, more of it was incentive based with the Pats. So, mm-hmm. you know, after 10 years in the league, he's probably looking at a little bit more guaranteed money. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, he's probably not going to a uh, playoff contender right yeah, now. The Titans are tough. have struggled, um, you know, but, and I don't know how, how this is going to work out for him with, you know, probably at this point, Ryan Tannehill is, you know, the quarterback out there, right. Right. The quarterback. Um, and not that, you know, Tannehill's, you know, not a skilled quarterback, but he's not a guy that's going to throw the ball, Mm -hmm. you know, all over the field at this point in his career. Um, you know, and I think, and who's to say, uh, the last two seasons, they, the Titans have, uh, you know, trade, tried to trade up to get a, you know, higher spot. And they did that again this year. You know, they traded up eight spots in the second round to get Will Levis out of Kentucky. Um, right. Right. So, yeah, you know, I, I obviously know that Ryan Tannehill's not, not the future. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
I think, you know, for this DeAndre, it, to me, it's just, you know, riding out his con, you know, his time left in the NFL and was just uh, securing his retirement. I mean, to, to me, this gives, it gives uh, Tannehill a little something to, to fight for that spot now, because mm-hmm. now that's two years in a row. They've drafted a quarterback to, to possibly be the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year, the guy didn't work out. Right. And, at Levis, a lot of people are still not sure he's quite NFL ready. He mm-hmm. might take some seasoning. Right. So this could be the, the prove it for Tannehill. Mm-hmm. And if they finally get him a weapon to throw to, he hasn't mm-hmm. had a ton of weapons out there. Agreed. And then with, with, with the running back and uh, Derrick Henry there, the, right. the Titans offense, you know, it, it's pretty, pretty well-rounded now. Mm-hmm. I, I think that helps his team be, be a playoff contender and be, be right in the thick of things. Yeah. Um, Said it was a two-year, twenty-six million-dollar deal. Plus, he's got incentives that can take it up to a thirty-two million-dollar deal. Mm-hmm. I think he gets a, a million dollars for receptions, uh, certain certain number of receptions, another million for a certain number of uh, touchdowns, mm-hmm. and then I think a, a million for games played. So, okay. right. so it's, it's likely still, he mean, might he's hit still these. Still a skilled incentives. player, yeah. a skilled position. So yeah, right. I, I, he is coming off injury as well. Right. So, right. Yeah. yeah. We'll we'll see. I mean, yeah, this is obviously uh, you know a Tennessee squad that's desperate for you know he instantly comes in and he's wide receiver one for, yeah, for this start, Tennessee Titans absolutely. team. And it's a group that desperately are, you know, a wide receiver group that's in need of a, of a, of a, you know, big play receiver. Yeah. Um, you know, the guys that they had on their, you know, on their roster in the wide receiver group had a total of two total two, a hundred yard games last year. Oh. But that, and that's amongst all of their wide right. receivers, only wow. two 100 yard games. That's... I mean, Hopkins matched that easily. <laughs> And he missed six games last year. Right. Um, so, you know, I think, yeah, this is a, this is a, obviously a Titans group that has really been focused on the run. Obviously, you know, have fed Derrick Henry. But how long does that how last? long does that last? I mean, every running back, you know, and, and, you know, the money speaks for itself. Everybody's devaluing the, the running back anymore. It, it, it can only, you know, last so long. And, right. and we've seen it time and time again, this Titans team. They play well in the regular season, or you know, Derrick Henry carries them. But then come, you know, comes player, you know, comes playoff time. They, you know, they key in on that, and you know, the Titans have no offense outside. You can't be one dimensional, right? Right, outside of you know, handing the ball off. So, yeah, DeAndre Hopkins comes in, you know, a desperate need, a big need for this for this Tennessee Titans team, Um, you know, because if you remember, this same team had. AJ Brown on it, and we know what he did for the Eagles right. last year, mm-hmm. and that's what he did with with Tannehill a couple right. years before. I right. mean, the, the the Titans were one of the best teams in the league mm-hmm. when when Tannehill had a good receiver. To Absolutely. Throw the ball to. So you know, I think I think Hopkins still has a couple. You know, has has some good seasons left him and left in him. I don't think this is yeah, kind of his swan song. See if how you he will. comes back with the from the injury. Right, and, uh, right. Um, he's not AJ Brown though. Right. Yeah. This isn't. You know, he's obviously. Much much older than AJ Brown, you know, has been been in the league a little bit longer. You know, has has a little bit of tread. You know, still left on the tires, but you know, has already done a lot of miles right. as well. So we shall we shall see. Obviously, I think also maybe I don't, I don't know what the Patriots look like, but I think there was a little bit of familiarity with this Titans, you know, team also mm-hmm. that maybe played into a little bit of his his decision making on why he decided to go to the Titans. Um, if you remember right, the current head coach for the Titans, you know, Mike Vrabel was actually the defensive coordinator for the Texans back in the day. So he knows what Hopkins can do and, mm-hmm. you know, what, you know, he had some good seasons or, you know, some great seasons there in, in, in you know, in Houston. Um, and then the current offensive coordinator for the Titans, uh, Tim Kelly, was actually the offensive coordinator for the Texans back in 2019 
where uh, Hopkins had 104 catches, uh, almost 1,200 receiving yards, and, and seven touchdowns that year. So one of one of his better seasons. Tim Kelly was the offensive coordinator there for the Texans, so a lot of familiarity there. Right. Um, you know, obviously, yeah, a, a big a big you know add to this to this Titans squad that you know, yeah, can they? You know, we're uh, they missed you know missed the playoffs last year. You know, so they're looking to you know get back in get back in it and um, you know be be a competitor again and and you know in an AFC South division that's you know kind of up in the air you right. know whatever. So we'll we'll see what uh, what happens, but yeah, big big add for for them at a at a desperate a desperate hole that they're that they're filling there in in Tennessee. So um, very good. Um, another big re-sign, uh, Colton, for your team, uh, Quinnen Williams, a big. Uh, Six foot three, three hundred plus pound uh, defensive end or defensive tackle for uh, for the Jets team. Signed a four year, thirty two and a half million dollar extension. Um, you know, had his best season last year, coming off Pro Bowl, where he had twelve sacks, uh, twenty eight quarterback hits, and was seventh in defensive player of the year voting. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's a big re-sign for them, I think, to kind of. To kind of keep that defense anchored, I think, mm-hmm. you know, going forward again, like you said last week, that was one of the teams we reviewed. The big question for the Jets is, you know, going to be what they could do offensively. Right. Yeah, but I, uh, this is a key player, you know, for them to get re-signed to uh, keep that defense as one of the better defenses in the league. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, this is a guy that, again, you know, defensive tackles aren't really well known for getting a ton of sacks. They're, you know, more of your, you know, kind of run stuffers, you know, big guys up front that, you know, plug plug the middle. But, you know, for him to go out there, get, you know, get 12 sacks, um, that that's, you know, that's pretty amazing. Uh, you know, a, a great, great season, you know, almost like he knew it was, contract time right. you know so he, he you know perfor- how that works. yeah performed best you know when when it was time um which is i guess you know kind of what you what you want or what you're you know expecting you know you just hope it doesn't you know fall off now that he's got this big deal you hope that the, the, the drive is still there and you know that that you know wants to continue to keep getting better and kind of anchor that defensive line for for this jets team um you know but this is kind of uncharted territory for for the jets um so they are the only team that from 2012 to 2018 didn't sign any of their first rounders to second contracts. Wow. So that's, I mean, that's a six year span that all of the first round players that they drafted are no longer with the team because they didn't sign them to, you know, they're after their rookie deals, you know, let them, let them walk. And Interesting. some of those probably for good reasons, you know, that they, you know, just didn't pan out weren't, you know, didn't deserve a second, you know, a second contract, but yeah, just to go six years without signing a first round pick to a, to a, you know, a next, next level deal um, that, you know, just, yeah, very uncommon and yeah, absolutely rare because they were the only team that did it. Um, so we shall see what that, what that means for this Jets team, but yeah, a big, a big, a big guy, a big, big need for this team to, Keep that keep that defense rolling next year, and, right. and hopefully, you know, anchor the defense. Well, they, they like you said, they went six years without signing a first round pick. Now they make their first round pick the highest paid player in franchise history at right. four year, ninety six million dollars. Right. I I don't know if that's going to sit odd with with some of their other stars on mm-hmm. that team. Mm-hmm. If, if hopefully that doesn't throw a, a wrench into things with Aaron Rodgers. Right. I know he's a little finicky sometimes right. when right. he feels. Not, right. not, not the love and respect. So right, I, hopefully right. that doesn't throw matches there. Mm-hmm. And th- this makes him the second highest paid defensive tackle in the NFL. Mm-hmm. This deal has $66 million guaranteed. But this was a great deal for this year's team mm-hmm. because 
it's only a $6.5 million roster hit this year. Okay. The question is going to be what they're going to do in the coming years after that. Mm-hmm. It's a twenty point four million in twenty twenty four, so yeah. that's adding what, six uh, fourteen million dollars onto right, that deal. Right, right. So that's going to be somebody's going to have to move along or, or right. not get signed. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the year after that, twenty one point six five, and then twenty six point six five, and the final year of that deal is thirty point four million dollars. Right, right. And there's not a, a lot of room for opting out until mm-hmm. about the twenty twenty six year. Okay. Because other than that, it's it's not it's not cap friendly at all. They mm-hmm. take a huge hit if if they let him go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that they won't they can't move on from him if, if this goes south right, until right. 2026, 2027. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you know I, I hope it works out for him. It's that's a big signing, but the, the guy's earned it. Mm-hmm. 27 and a half sacks in only 57 career games, 118 solo tackles, four forced fumbles. Guy's played like a star. He, right. he deserves the deal. I, I just I hope it works out. Yeah, yeah. It will be will be interesting um, because this is kind of a a long string of defensive tackles from that 2019 draft class that have all gotten kind of big deals or you know big re-signings here uh, because you know outside of Quinnen Williams, uh, the Titans Jeffrey Simmons, and then the Giants Dex, Dexter Lawrence, and then the Washington Commanders Darren Payne all defensive tackles from the 2019 draft class, all first rounders in that, in that 2019 draft class, all just recently got, you know, big, big deals, not, not as quite as big as Quinn and Williams, but, you know, just, just behind him there, as far as, you know, how much money, you know, kind of per year average, average value. So, you know, teams are yeah locking up these, these big men are, you know, it's just, yeah, it's very rare to find, you know, these defensive guys that, yeah, are able to do, a lot more than just be run stuffers, right. if you will. They're they're able to yeah get to the quarterback and you know are mobile and and you know kind of a hybrid. I mean, I think obviously the best one in the business, Aaron Donald, kind of set the set the marker. You know, whatever mm-hmm. that that's what a defensive tackle is supposed to look like right. in the NFL. Um, so yeah, it it, it uh, you know be interesting for this Jets team. Obviously, that Jets defense had you know phenomenal numbers last year, and and you know going to be going to be see interesting to see. Can they? How how do they improve? Is there is there a way for them to improve? Um, but yeah, obviously we we talked about it last last week. This Jets team moving forward, it's got to come from the offense, um, you know, as as well. But uh, you know, good good for the Jets to lock up one of their key you know defensive players mm-hmm. uh, before the season before the season starts. Right. Don't let this thing linger. You know, they already got enough eyes and you know yeah. everything on them with with you know all the publicity and being in a big market. Right. Let's get this. You know, good thing to get this thing done before the season starts less you know less eyes less headaches or less you know talk in the locker room so you know right good for them very good uh last week we you know we went over the afc east tonight we're going to do the nfc east you got that's the uh got the the, uh eagles philadelphia eagles uh cowboys the giants and the commanders in it um colton you want to get us started yeah i'll go ahead and get us get us started here um i'm going to start Start with a team that finished finished dead last in the division last year, but you know still went 500, uh, even though you know finishing dead last. It just was a, a tough tough division. Uh, surprisingly, I think tougher than what people thought going into the season. Um, but you know this is this is like I said, a, a Commanders team that finished eight eight and one last year, and again finished fourth in the NFC East. You know missed the missed the missed the playoffs. Um, you know, but I think this past off season, I think people are going to remember what happened more off the field for the commanders more than what happened on the field. Um, you know, if, if, you know, haven't been watching the headlines or watching the news long time, you know, somewhat embattled uh, owner, Dan Snyder finally decided to to sell the team, yeah. which, you know, could be good. You know, that kind of 
finally could be the toxic piece that this you know team has been. Well, running. I think it gets the focus off of the front office right. and gets it more on football where mm-hmm. it should be. Right. Yeah. So I think that's you know could be you know kind of a weight lifted off of this team's shoulders to you know allow them to just you know go out there and focus on you know focus on football per se. Um, but you know I think you know obviously Ron Rivera you know long time you know NFL head coach you know a guy that everybody kind of knows around the league but I think I think his job is kind of on the on the line in this in this season uh this could be you know depending on how it goes you know could be could be his last one there in Washington if you know things go go south I mean there's a guy in in three seasons that hasn't won more than eight games and again it's not all on him at the same time this commander's team has not had a ton of talent has not had you know a ton of ton to work from especially on the offensive side of the ball they're still looking for kind of their franchise QB, a guy that can lead this, lead this team. Um, you know, so that's one of their big, big additions this past off season. They did add, you know, Jacoby Brissett, who, you know, had actually kind of one of his best seasons last year for the Cleveland Browns. Um, you know, so if he can kind of continue that trend, my only, you know, the only problem I see for this commander's offense is, man, you look at the roster they got, nobody to throw the ball to they got nobody to really give the ball to they got scary terry one guy that's not enough to to lead the team you got to have weapons right you look at the chiefs when they when they got weapons they can throw it to any of the guys on the field it it, the commanders here i just don't think they didn't do enough in the offseason to surround their team with with better, you know, better weapons. Yeah. They did he, bring in some upside guys though. Like uh, Curtis Samuel was right. an addition this off season as an, as an upside receiver. Right. If right. He could put it all together. Absolutely. He hasn't done it yet. Right. Right. It's uh, you know, will be, you know, again, will be interesting. Like I said, I think Brissett was a good signing. Obviously they had, you know, Carson Wentz at the helm last year, right. which was, a, you know, a failed, Disaster. a failed experiment for them. Uh, they bring in Brissett who's been, you know, somewhat of an NFL journeyman or, you know, a career backup for most teams, but, you know, did get to pretty much start all season last year for the Browns and, you know, was had had some moments or, you know, showed some flashes. Um, but we'll see what, what he can do with this Washington team. I think obviously the, the gem or, you know, kind of the shining piece for this Washington team is on their defensive side. This was a, a top five defense last year. They bring back all four of their defensive linemen from last year. I think that's going to be, again, can the defense <laughs> – Unfortunately, they're going to have to find ways, I think, to score points for this offense. Uh, but I just don't think it, it, there's, it's just not going to be enough. Um, you know, I, I, looking at Washington's schedule, it, it's tough. Uh, you know, I, I went through it. I, I think they only win about maybe three games on the year, uh, go, go three and 14, and probably are competing for the, for the number one pick next year. It's going to be tough. Tough division. I yeah. mean, yeah. you know, you saw some good teams last yeah. year. Matt, who you got? Yeah, well, I got obviously my favorite team here, the the Dallas Cowboys. They really didn't do a ton this offseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, the big subtractions uh, everybody's heard about. Zeke Elliott uh, finally got got released after after a few okay years, but he just hasn't played with that same fire he was with when he came out of Ohio mm-hmm. State and mm-hmm. was out there trying to prove you know that he was worth every every bit that he got. Mm-hmm. He finally got that big deal, and then that that fire just. I, I just didn't see that same power running coming from him that, mm-hmm. that you used to see. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, another subtraction was a wide receiver, Antonio Callaway, who you know, kind of a third, third, fourth wide receiver on this team. So not, not, not a huge subtraction. A couple of additions they made in the offseason, they brought in a uh, wide receiver, Brandon Cooks. The, the biggest addition they made, though, is bringing in cornerback Stephon Gilmore. They, they traded for him out of Indy. 
he, he's a, one of the premier cornerbacks in the league. Mm-hmm. So that mm-hmm. only makes this defense better. Mm-hmm. Um, that was kind of something they were lacking was a second quarterback to, to mm-hmm. digs. Mm-hmm. So that, that really helps shore up a, a spot on that defense. Mm-hmm. Um, then they, they bring in first round defensive tackle, Mozzie Smith out of Michigan mm-hmm. and a second round tight end, uh, Luke uh, Schoonmaker. Schoonmaker. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that, that, that helps get, get a weapon at tight end as well. They, they've kind of had a, a revolving door of tight end since uh, Witten's left. Right, so, right. you know, maybe that can shore that up for mm-hmm. them. And, and that, that would be a, a good deal on the offense. But a year ago, this team was 12 and five, um, finished second, second in the division. You, wow. You think 12 and five, you're thinking, man, mm-hmm. that should be a division champion. So that tells <laughs> yeah. you how tough this division was a year right, ago. Right. Looking at their schedule this year, I, I I'd say, 12 and 5, 11 and 6, you know, give or take a game either way. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. They, so they start the, the season at September 6th, uh, September 10th at the Giants. I, I think that could be a, a win there. Mm-hmm. And they go on, on the road uh, to the Jets. You know, if, if the Jets are really what everybody thinks they're going to be, I, I think the Cowboys could potentially lose this game, mm-hmm, as, mm-hmm. especially, you know, Rodgers. He always usually starts starts off hot mm-hmm. you know so when he's got something to prove so i i, I could see rogers playing well at the beginning of the season the mm-hmm. cowboys potentially losing that then september 24th they go to the cardinals i, I think the cowboys can win that game mm-hmm. october 1st uh at home against the patriots i think that that's very winnable october 8th though they, they go out to san francisco right. I, I think that's a loss and then yeah. this becomes a tough road trip for them because then they october 16th they're they're right back out there in la playing the chargers right and the, Chargers have a lot of talent on that young team. I, I think that that game could go either way. That right. that's a, a stretch. Awesome. I got it as an L right now, though. And then uh, October 29th, they play the Rams. I, I think that's a win. Uh, November 5th, they're at the Eagles. That that was a great matchup a year ago. Mm-hmm. I think though, Eagles being home, I, I think that's a loss for the Cowboys there. Uh, November 12th, then they play against the Giants. These games are always toss-ups. I, right. I, I predicted this to kind of be a, a split in the series, so I said that we, they, the Cowboys won the first one, so I think they're going to lose this one. Mm-hmm. November 19th at the Panthers, I think that's a win. 23rd versus uh, Washington, I think that's a win. Mm-hmm. 30th against the Seahawks, I think that's a win. Uh, December 10th uh, at home against the Eagles, I, I think having that home field give, gives the Cowboys a slight edge there. I think they get, get a little revenge against the Eagles. That's a W. December 17th, though, then they go out to Buffalo. Mm. That, that's a tough place, especially in December, to play. Mm, yeah, I, I, yeah. I call that being a W. Yeah. They get to warm things up, though, the next week, and they go out to out to Miami. I, I think they can win that game. Okay. Uh, December 30th, then they play against the Lions. Mm. I think that, that's a W, and then they end the season. Uh, January 7th at Washington. I, I, like you said, maybe three wins for Washington. Right, I, right. I think that's a win for Dallas. So. Yeah. So eleven and six, twelve and five, very right. similar record to last year. Yep, right. yeah. very good, Matt. Well, I got the other, one of the other teams. I got the Eagles. You know, obviously coming off their NFC Championship season, mm-hmm. lost on a le- last second field goal to the to the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're still the cream of the crop in right. the NFC East. Right. Um, but knowing that, uh, they have the toughest schedule coming right. in. Um, okay. Ranked schedule against teams going off. Uh, team's records from last year. They have the toughest schedule in the okay. league coming in because okay. um, they got a rematch against the Chiefs and a rematch against the NFC runners up and the 49ers. Okay. So, yeah. and in the in the late part of the season, they go on a, a five week run that's going to be like the gauntlet, uh, hell week for them. Right. Basically, they start off with the with the Chiefs. The Chiefs coming off of a, a bye, oh, yeah. and then they got a short. They go into the Bills on their short week oh, wow. on the Eagles short week. And then the 49ers, 
and then Dallas, and then Seattle. So Ooh, yeah. those those five teams had a combined record of sixty-one and twenty-three last year. Yeah, so yeah. they got their hand. That's going to make or break their season right yeah, there, I right, think. So, right. um, you know that. So some uh, off-season stuff here. You know, they picked up Mariota from the Falcons as you know the number two behind, hopefully number two behind Jalen. Um, you know, we'll see how that how that works out for Marcus. Um, it's good style though, right. I mean, similar, yeah. similar type. Of I think so. Um, they lost deep, uh, a couple of defensive backs and C.J. Gardner Johnson and, and Marcus Epps, but re-signed Terrell Edmonds, who was a you know a uh, solid def- defensive back, solid safety. Um, they're real strong on the corners with uh, signing of Darius Slay and James Bradbury, and they also uh, signed uh, Greedy Williams. Um, and then uh, also on the uh, defensive side, they re-signed Brandon Graham. Oh wow! So that you know, kind of an anchor. Offensively, uh, to me, the big signing was uh, re-signing Jason Kelsey to center. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a guy that maybe had considered retirement. Um, you know, but they were been able a staple to, for that. Yeah, he's been the anchor there in the middle of that line, and uh, you know, you don't realize how important the position is right. until until you lose that right. guy. Right. But you know, Jason Kelsey. So I still see the Eagles uh, winning winning the NFC East. Uh, you know, they went fourteen and three last year. Uh, that's going to be tough, I think, to to repeat that. I, you know, I see them maybe losing a game a game or two more. So, you know, maybe that 13 and four, 12 and five type of season, but I still look for them to, to, uh, to win the NFC East. Yeah. Yep. So I'd take, uh, then the last, last team here, the other, other team in New York, the, the New York giants, probably the biggest surprise out of that division last year, a uh, team that went, you know, nine, seven and one, uh, made the, made the playoffs and then, you know, had a big first round upset against the Minnesota Vikings last, you know, last playoffs, but, you know, ultimately, fell to the Eagles in the, you know, the NFC divisional round by a score of 38 to seven. Um, so they, you know, obviously within the division, they're still a way step below probably the top two teams in this division between the Cowboys and the Eagles. Um, you know, I think the big difference last year for this Giants team was on the offensive side of the ball, even though they were kind of middle of the road in scoring the, I think the big thing for them was the turnover rate. They were, had the lowest turnover rate in in the NFL. They only turned the ball over roughly 7.3% of the time, uh, which was again the lowest in the NFL. And 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 you know the elevated play of of you know Daniel Jones I think was the big mm-hmm. was the big thing for for this uh you know this uh Giants team. I mean he in in total QBR he was 6th last year behind only you know Patrick Mahomes, Allen, uh Tua Jalen Hurts and Jared Goff, so you know, was right up there towards the top as far Solid. as you know, elite quarterbacks go in in you know in in the league, uh, and and he got rewarded as a result. Got a big you know four year, hundred and sixty million dollar extension in the past in this past off season. Uh, it will be will be interesting to see. They put the franchise tag on Saquon Barkley. Obviously, his elevated play was again kind of a nice one two punch that that Giants team had uh, because you know. Similar to Zeke, you know, Saquon came in kind of his rookie year, played lights out, and then it was injury after injury that really just, you know, crippled, kind of crippled his career. And this was kind of a a make or break season, you know, for uh, Saquon last year. And, you know, he put up the numbers, played really well, you know, again, because of the way that, you know, the NFL values running backs anymore, you know, still hasn't gotten locked down to a major, major deal. And there are, you know, some contract negotiations on, but the last I heard, you know, Saquon, you know, somebody asked him the question of, you know, are you going to play this season if you don't get a contract? Are you going to going to sit out? And 
he he didn't shy away from the question and said, you know, it's a real it's a real possibility. So I think that puts a real cripple on this Giants offense if he doesn't play. And I think that offense needs him. Right. Yeah, in, in the lineup, healthy. Yes, absolutely. This is a, this is a team that outside of you know the big addition for them this past off season was was getting the big man Darren Waller, the tight end from from the first. You know that's that's a big target that you know Daniel Jones can can hit, but. Outside of that, the receiver group is, you know, kind of a mixed bag. They don't really have a true kind of number one, number one receiver yeah. on the team. So to not then have Saquon who can serve a purpose not only as running the ball, but also, you know, a dangerous threat out of the backfield, you know, when it comes to the the passing game, I think that could really spell doom for this for right. this Giants team um, in a division that's that's uber competitive. Um, but I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, you know, I think this defense is where they're going to have to improve the most. Uh, this is a team that ranks towards the bottom in almost every category when it came to defense, especially in the run in the run game. They they were terrible against the against the run last year. So you know, I think they they brought in a few guys. You know, in the off season, uh, you know, shored up kind of their linebacking core to you know help out in that you know in that sense. I think that's going to be you know, can they make the next step by bringing in you know some some guys on the defensive side of the ball? But uh, you know, I, I you know kind of went through went through their schedule again. You know, I think they're going to be yeah around a you know kind of five hundred team right. again just because of how competitive it is in their division and just some of those out of conference you know teams. I think they're 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 competitive enough to maybe knock off you know some of the top teams in their division, but I still think there's just a big gap between them and maybe some of the other top NFC teams. Right. Um, so yeah, I have them. I have them going uh, nine and nine and eight next year. Uh, you know, this upcoming year and finish you know third third in the division again. But I think it, it could be enough to make the playoffs just because again I I think. The NFC or the NFC in general is kind of you know kind of all over the place. It's it's kind of the Eagles at the top, and you know there's a bunch Everybody of other else, decent right. decent teams, right. but you know the, I think the Eagles yeah are kind of the clear cut favorite in the NFC, but you know everybody else it it's you know could be a mixed a mixed bag. Like so. so that's all on if if Saquon plays, that's right, that's, right. that's their ceiling. Right, right. Without him playing, they could the be, floor could be right there with Washington. Right, they I mean, could right. Be, yeah, competing right. for Washington for the bottom of the division. So what 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 do you what do you make of the, the this running back market right now with, mm. with a lot of these guys not getting the deals? I right. Mean, I mean, I, I don't fault him for wanting to sit out, but I've rarely seen it work for running backs. I right. mean, Le'Veon Bell, the, the biggest example who did that, right. he, he still didn't disaster. sign a big deal, and right. his career hasn't been the same was since. It, was so a disaster. I, I don't think any of them are going to get the money they want. It's, right. it's just it's the nature of the position right now. It, yeah, the it, league's it's changed. Not, it's a passing league. Yeah, right. yeah and, I, you know. I, saw, I, saw, I saw a statistic that the upcoming year, the average kicker's salary – is higher than average running back wow. salary. Wow. So they took all of the running backs that are going to be, you know, playing this upcoming season, took all the kickers, and it was roughly, I don't know, it's probably like half a million dollar difference mm -hmm. or whatever. But yeah. There are a lot more running backs than kickers. Right, but, right. But right. it's like, yeah, exactly. But it, it, you know, most kickers are only on like one year deals, right. you know, right. kind of deal. It's usually they're not, you know, two, three, four year deals that, you know, running backs typically get. Yeah. So it just, again, yeah, very, very, you know, crazy statistic. Obviously, Kickers typically last a little bit longer right. in the league than, you know, running backs do. Um, but, yeah, it's just – yeah. And normally you get a good kicker, you hold you on, on to it. Right, forever, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's just – yeah, changing of the guard, you know, I think I think it's maybe they're depreciating the running back position maybe a little too hard, I think. I think you still have to have 
a, a guy back there. Yeah, you know, to, I think the biggest problem is though the the rookie market. You, there's always good running back, and you can get somebody you can plug rounds, in there, and right. plug yeah. in and do a good job. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, I yeah. think uh, yeah, it, I, I think that they you know some of these top guys maybe deserve. I'm not saying they deserve you know throw the bank at them right. or you know whatever, but I still think that they deserve you yeah, know a, a good portion because especially a, a, a double threat running back that can catch coming out of you know uh, not only run the ball, obviously, see the field, find the hole, make the right cut, but right. A, a guy that can, you know, get you a first down on too. a screen pass or something. And, Pick yeah, exactly. Blocks, blocks, yeah. Blocks, excuse me, some blocks. Take that there. corner coming off the edge or right, something right, on, right. on a corner blitz or something. Yeah, absolutely. So, it will be interesting for this Giants team. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, again, all of it hinges on, you know, whether Saquon plays plays or not. Um, you know, I think, it, yeah, could could be disaster for both sides. You know, Giants, if he doesn't play, it could – spell somewhat in for their season but it may be the wrong move also for Saquon because I don't see how that helps their cause anymore mm. by sitting out I think that that only hurts him in that sense so it will be interesting hopefully they can get you know get something established for both you know for both sides but mm. uh you know we'll, we'll see, see what happens yeah all right well very good well that's our show for tonight Colton you want to sign us off the air yeah thanks for uh listening to fired up with your host colton cow chief rob cow matt cordis we uh hope you enjoyed our episode this week and you know if you want to hear other topics for future episodes or you know you got a burning sports question you want to hear us talk about on the show feel free to reach out to us on our different social medias we have an instagram and you can find us over at at fired up underscore podcast or you can search for us over on facebook um, if you search for fired up comma sports podcast and as always, you can head over to our website at www.firedup1.podbean.com where you can find all of our past episodes and, you know, just a little bit of information about the show. Um, and as well, you can you can find our show and, you know, this episode and all our past episodes on pretty much any podcast platform you can think of, Apple, Google, Spotify, Pandora. So any of the major players in the podcast game, you can, you can find our show. So appreciate you all listening. And as always, stay, stay fired, fired up. up.